The Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter, the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Resurrection of the Lord, Most Glorious Lord of Life. I would like this Easter to invite you to consider the Christian faith as perhaps you might not have considered it before. For this Easter we encounter the risen Lord, who in a fitting acclamation we call the Most Glorious Lord of Life. One of the great misconceptions about the Resurrection is that it was somehow the consequence or byproduct of another act, that is, the crucifixion, as if by putting right the sins of the world on the cross, God permitted something somehow to blossom for Jesus as a kind of reward. This is a very low view of the matter. It amounts to saying that the resurrection does little more than bring humanity back to where it was before the fall, as if the whole thing were a kind of return to primal origins, 
or in poetic language, a return to Eden. But doesn't it seem a lot of bother for God to go to, all that constraint in the Incarnation, all that suffering on the cross, just to put us back to where we were at the start? It hardly suggests that God is victorious over sin and death. It sounds more like he's just held the line against it and managed to establish order. The trouble with looking at the resurrection this way is that we separate it from the incarnation and the crucifixion. These three, incarnation, crucifixion and resurrection, cannot be separated because each contributes something unique to the mystical teaching of the Church. They ought rightly to be held together. Lose one and you lose something intrinsic to the faith. Emphasize one to the detriment of another and the faith is distorted. You see, Christianity isn't just about getting you right with God. Oh, it's about that all right. There's no mystical vision, no union with God without it. But it's not just about that. Consider the Incarnation. What should we say about it? That in the life of Jesus, God further ennobled a humanity that already had great nobility because it was made in God's image. The divine image is greatly obscured by sin, but it's not effaced by it. In Jesus, in the Incarnation, all our humanity is brought into the divine life itself. What should we say about the crucifixion? That through his obedience to God's call, Jesus gave up his life freely to defeat not only personal sin, but that inherited societal sin that we call original. That in his dying agony, suffering was brought within the life of God in a way that makes possible its redemption. But what about the resurrection? What should we say about that? Let us say that in the resurrection creation is reconstituted, that the resurrection is the first instance of God's new creation. Seen this way, the end point of humanity is not a return to some lost Eden. It is an advance to a new world, charged with glory and united with the God who we will know even as we are known. But there is more. The whole cosmos will be renewed because through Christ all things are reconciled to God. Here St Paul. Through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Hear the words of the risen Christ given in a vision. See, I am making all things new. This is the vision. This is the promise. Not just me right with God, not just you and me together following our Lord as faithfully as we can. No, much more than that. More than us. More indeed than we can ever imagine. All things. All things made new through the incarnation, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole cosmos recreated and in it we united to God and given an eternal vision of the divine life itself. If you've not considered the Christian faith this way, will you follow?
the door to life can never be closed, for the most glorious Lord of life himself has opened a new and living way. Take it, and this Easter, receive the hope that the Church offers, so that you may follow her risen Lord in the promise that all things are to be made new. For from him, and through him, and to him, are all things. To him be the glory for ever. Amen. Sonnet 68, from Spencer's Amoretti, 1595. Most glorious Lord of life, that on this day didst make thy triumph over death and sin, and having harrowed hell didst bring away captivity, thence captive, us to win. This joyous day, dear Lord, with joy begin, and grant that we, for whom thou didst die, being with thy dear blood clean washed from sin, may live for ever in felicity. And that thy love, we weighing worthily, may likewise love thee for the same again. And for thy sake, that all like dear didst buy, with love may one another entertain. So let us love, dear love, like as we ought. Love is the lesson which the Lord us taught. Thank you.